Jolly Cooperation. And oh, for God's sake. <laughs> no, I'm putting a stop to this. You've done it two weeks in a row, and that will be literally it. We are not doing this next week. What? Uh, Jolly Cooperation is the catchphrase from uh, the for Night of Solaire and the Sunlight Covenant in uh, Dark Souls. Yeah. 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 So I guess that's We're my, like 30 seconds in, you haven't told anyone what we are. That's my last Jolly... Well, I was about to say, I had this whole thing worked out in my head where I was going to say Jolly Cooperation, and you've obviously fallen into your TV, and welcome to the Midnight Channel. <clears throat> okay, that works a yeah, little bit better. I know, I'm going... <clears throat> I'm, trying, I'm trying to work in as many uh, Persona 4 references as I possibly can. I approve of this. Yeah, but this is the Midnight Channel. You're uh, your nerd podcast for uh, to listen to a guy talk about Dark Souls. Only one guy? There are other... <laughs> there are other there really people. only be, will be one guy talking about Dark Souls. If we let him get away with it, there'll only be one guy talking about Dark Souls. He'll just be looking in a mirror and asking questions Which and is, answering them. Who is, who is Henry Clark? Henry Clark will be trying to talk about Dark Souls today. <laughs> Henry Clark will not succeed uh, because of me. I'm Jack Wheel and hello everyone. And uh, we are joined once again by our very good friend Jacob. Guest. Very guest. good guest. Thank you. Oh. You know. Well, I don't know. Friend is fine, but... Friend, friend guest. But I feel like I feel Frest. like people should know that I'm a guest first and a friend second. And I would just like to highlight <laughs> that I'm... We're not endorsed by this product, but I'm drinking a Shack soda oh, right now. That's funny, because I'm, I'm drinking a beer. Call us, Mr. O'Neill. Call us if you would like for this podcast <laughs> to support Shack sodas, because I'm a big fan. I'm drinking a local craft beer from Baxter Brewing Company in Lewiston, Maine. Because we're in Maine. Believe it or not, you know, you know, Shaq, Shaq stomps on the sodas himself. <laughs> <laughs> does the face he's making on the can, it looks like that's probably yeah. what he does. That or he's, he's trying to pass one of the cans. On. <laughs> yeah, but uh, anyway, into uh, into our opening segment that we do every week. After that, really. Terrible bit of product placement that yeah. we're not getting paid for. I mean, it wasn't product placement. <laughs> it doesn't just, count as product placement unless I just, someone writes you a check. Yeah, yeah, I just love Shack Soda. It's not about product placement. Mm-hmm. It's about, yeah. I love drinking Shack Soda down into my belly. And I love high <laughs> fructose corn syrup too, Henry. Yeah. I mean, I was just talking about this. I, I, don't, I eat really well. You know, I don't eat much sugar. I treat myself with a Shack Soda every once in a while. I don't eat much sugar. I don't need more anymore. Yeah, I've been go. good for a little while. There was a, a minute in time where I was eating like three or four pints of ice cream a week. Yeah. I have been pints? there. I have pints. been right there. It's I love that is, a, that is insidious. That is a uniquely American measurement of ice cream. Is pint? Yeah. Well, it's a Ben and Jerry's thing. Yeah. No. It's yeah. Absolutely, it is. It's I, not so I've much American. It's, it's Ben and Jerry's. Can we, can we fall back into that hole? Oh, I haven't had Ben and Jerry's ice cream in months. No, you can if you'd like. But I'm also with Henry on the low sugar <laughs> thing. Yeah. Unless it's. Fermented sugars, like in beer. Oh, yeah. Well, fine. Natural um, sugars. I'm you can have some fermented sugars, Jack. Fruits. Hooray! I, I love fermented sugars. You know, your once a week Shack soda. My once what a week. What gay yeah. porn are you looking at, Jack? Uh, I'm not looking at anything. I'm looking at imp- incredibly important news. Really? Because week. I could have sworn I saw naked dudes covered in rainbows. No, so. no. I mean, they're, they're not naked. <laughs> oh, is it? Yeah. It's a oh color. my God! It's Holly. Yeah, yeah. It's a color run. No, it's Holly. Or holy. Oh? Do you not know what holy is? Not at all. It's a Hindu festival of color. Oh. Where you get uh, thrown... Uh, you get, uh, like, colored powder thrown at you in celebration. Show, show Henry the picture. <laughs> they used to do that this at... Is, this is really oh, great, oh. Uh, great radio, by the way. Showing a picture that... They used to celebrate this at, uh, at, at 
grad school. It's it's probably <laughs> it's probably not that. Usually, when like people go to university, they have like the freshman indoctrination. No, no, it, it is literally says Holy 2014 oh, really? oh, Festival cool. Color at Woodbine Beach. In hey, Toronto. I don't know. It just all it's all it's a Facebook picture. All the Facebook I don't know, the only time I've, I've seen. ever seen people covered in like rainbow colored powder. Literally, the only time has been like associations with Holy. Literally have you never seen the like freshman indoctrination where they do like they do like Frosh Week? Where everybody, like, when I went to university, it was, like, everybody went out on the football field, and they had all these, like, hand-holding exercises, and the things where you, like, lock arms, and everybody tries to stand up, you know? Like, team-building exercises, and then they'll paint each other, and, like, yeah, play a game of, of soccer. No, I mean, I didn't do it. I felt, I felt really weird and strange, so I was the weird dude who just, like, was watching from my, like, ninth-story window. I can't masturbating imagine... Masturbating furiously. Yeah. <laughs> I can't imagine having to do a pep... Like, being forced to go to a pep rally in college. That sounds like a really... I mean, it's not... You're not, you're not forced to go. You're, like, invited, so you can go and meet other freshmen and, like, you know... Like, decide, just, decide which girl you want to try and hook up with or whatever. I used to just meet other people by inviting them to smoke weed in my dorm room. In your dorm room? I had a single. Uh, Hi, NSA. I had a towel and, you know, a fan. And this Man. was, like, beyond the statute of limitations. Don't I worry, Jack. <laughs> I mean, I went to school in Canada, too, and they, like, didn't care about anything. Like, they really super didn't care. But, uh, anywho... Should we from, talk about nerd stuff? Yeah, we're gonna, we're gonna skip talking about, like, real people things. Hey, holiday's <laughs> awesome. That's the nerd holiday. Well, no, it's not at all any of those things. It's a holiday, for sure. <laughs> just not a nerd one. I'm just gonna stop trying to c- classify this. I really don't want to offend the Hindu contingent. Anywho, anywho I, beat, I beat Dark you Souls You don't want too. to offend all of our <laughs> listener with that. <laughs> Um, hey, we got a we got a handful. You, yeah, you did Dark Souls too. Oh, yeah, that's great. You've been playing Dark Souls too. No, wait, wait. That's I just wanna I just wanna say I beat Dark Souls too. That's all I wanna say. And then oh, uh, and then I'll go on to I got to uh, watch my friend play Elder Scrolls Online. He got the pre-ordered it, so he got three days early access. Um, and it is horribly buggy. Uh, maybe it's early access. I have to say it probably is the early access. Early I access found it to and then be... the amount of people who were on. It was in... The starting points were just insane. I found it to be pretty reasonable. They were just clusterfucks. They were insane. So... Well, I, 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 I played it. Yeah. Yeah. I it found was... it to be like both not super crowded at all and totally reasonable. Really? Maybe, was maybe it was just... when I was trying to uh, play with a group where I couldn't locate them, but it was really easy to, to fix that. Yeah. Um, I mean, like... A lot of the traditional complaints that you had in Skyrim where, like, sometimes map markers are messed up, I mean, that can happen, but it's really, it's a totally playable game. Yeah. Um, I, I expect that there will be a lot of fun to have, have, especially once the gilding starts. Yep, once it gets serious. Yeah. I mean, I always, I always tell people with anything like that, whether it's, like, a new console or, you know, a big game launch like that, especially an online one... Mm-hmm. It's like wait a little while, like we'll wait a Skyrim. little while to to until the first patch or mm-hmm. so comes out. Well, they did. They, they put out the first patch. It's, a, it's a bit different with Skyrim because Skyrim, yes, has you'd have problems with you know little bugs and you know little things like that that kinks that need to be worked out. But with an onla- with a game that ha- that either has a very large o- online multiplayer element or is in this case entirely based around online multiplayer, there are uh, more issues. With with that, I mean, not well, only just like the strain on servers, but but I really think that no, I really think that that with any kind of game, especially a high graphics intensive game um, with a complex like complex game system, 
complex, you know, questing system, you're gonna have you're gonna have bugs on release no matter what. Yeah, no, that's true. You know, whether true. it's an MMORPG or like a complex 3D RPG like Skyrim, Skyrim was not great right out of the box. They really did have to release quite a few patches before everyone was pretty happy with I it. I didn't have too many problems with Skyrim right out of the box. I was playing the 360 build, and it was pretty stable for me. There was you know a couple of there was the odd crash and mm-hmm. like nothing that I hadn't come to expect from just modern games in general, but yeah. Elder Scrolls games in 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 particular. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you had a PS3, you just... Yeah, if you had a PS3, you were boned, but, like... <laughs> yeah. um, I since got, like, I've since got the PC version, that's the only Skyrim I will ever play ever again, ever. Yeah. Well, I mean, and it, it, again, speaks to, like, the, the versatility of the PC versions over console versions. You can mod the hell out of them and have, like, a customized game. And, I mean, it adds the replay value as well, because if you play it once through as vanilla, and then you play it once through in a modded version, then you can continue to mod it. Yep. I mean, yeah. things like the Steam Workshop have made that... that, that that type of engagement with a game really, really accessible. Because now it's not like a matter of like grabbing six different programs to mod a game. It's just built into. The it's whole... you just click subscribe and exactly. then that mod appears the next time you start your game, which is fantastic. Yeah. But I imagine that element is going to be lost with ESO because you can't yeah, I don't really think they mod. Can. Plus, they don't have like a. They don't have a. They don't have third-party software that's like sponsoring any sort of mod- modifications. Yeah. Plus, again, yeah. you can't really mod an MMO because then that's what we call cheating. Yeah. And, uh, but, but I mean, it, this hopefully this will be something that um, we'll get some decent regular updates. Hopefully, not too much paid DLC, and a little more in the line of um, just free updates, Team Fortress Two yeah, style, definitely. as opposed to Elder Scrolls DLC style. If yeah. they're smart, they'll do it. They'll do it the way you said, um, because I think. I mean, I think obviously the gaming industry is going through uh, going through a bit of a crisis about how how it can monetize MMOs. I you mean, know, I would I would say it's a it's an overall of how things are paid with microtransactions and well, I, uh, all my, that stuff. My big bone has uh, recently been with the free to play models. Yeah. Um, I played Star Wars: The Old Republic for a while, um, free to play, and then transitioned to pay like a paid subscriber for about. I mean, like nine months, just like just like WoW does now, and, right? Yeah. And and I really do. I see a lot of problems with the free to play model. Um, you get a lot of, I mean, frankly, you get a lot of garbage players. Like it does, it lowers the bar for access, which is certainly what I can see why companies would want that. Um, but then, but then there's hidden charges. There's, I mean, there's all sorts of all sorts of things you. It's just better to have a subscription system. People who want to play will play. People who can pay to play will play. I mean, it's. I'm somehow I'm I'm kind of on the opposite side of that fence, mostly because I have never, I've never been a part. I'm, it, MMORPGs are never something that I have gotten into in a major way. Hmm. It's mostly because all the online gaming I've done since I basically discovered online gaming has been console based, and it's been. It was like Call of Duty, it was Left for Dead on consoles, it was, you know, well, what you could get on an Xbox 360, because all of my friends had Xbox 360s, right. and none of us could afford, um, none of us could afford uh, proper high-end gaming PCs until years later, and none of us really had the inclination to properly build sure. high-end gaming PCs. So, we were we were stuck, we were playing our, we were paying our 50 euro a year for um, Xbox Live, and pretty damn happy with that the way we saw it we had like we had Call of Duty we had Left 4 Dead we had Halo we had any other like game that took our inclination you know Command and Conquer Risk but you're still subscribed you're subscribed still to subscribed Xbox yes Gold. but like a 50, 50 euro a year and then all the games we'd want to play online 
that way with a really good integrated party system and a really good integrated friend system all sort of outside and surrounding the games. Well, I think I think I think that's great. And yeah. I think like what the PSN does, you know, you pay a flat fee and then you get access to all these games for free or discount. I think that's awesome yeah. too. What I'm just what I'm saying sure. is that like we we saw this and then none of us could really see the appeal even when we did have some like decent gaming laptops mm-hmm. to say, well, what if we go and pay 50 euro for this game and then we pay 15 euro every month just so we can keep playing this game. We all dabbled it. We like we we dabbled in Eve, we dabbled in World of Warcraft, we dabbled in Star Trek Online for a bit which was free to play. But nothing really nothing really caught us because that was a game that would require all of us to be super dedicated to that one game, which was hard enough to get and we had on the consoles as is. Well, I think that's the principle though, you mm-hmm. know? I mean, like you said, you dabbled here, you dabbled there, you dabbled in a bunch of different games, but ultimately, like, you you didn't have anything that really forced you to commit to it. And for me, I mean, you know, eventually when I found myself, like, really wanting to get into the higher levels of, like, the Old Republic, um, you know, and and paying was really the best way to do that, like, that was the thing that made me keep coming back. I was like, you know, this is a fun game, and I'm paying for it, so I might as well invest some time into it, and I might as well invest in, you know, building this character and seeing where I can go. It was also my first major MMO that I really latched onto, I think partly because I love the Star Wars universe, but um, but I, I really mean, do think that... also had the best, one of the greatest trailer, like, launch trailers I've ever seen. Yeah, that was beautiful. They, like, ha- the they had a lot of trailers. Really- Both of them, actually, they had two trailers that were incredible. I almost got it just based on those trailers, but I can't do them in those. It just, made, a, me, it just made me want Bioware to direct a CGI Star Wars movie. Yeah. They had a ton of really great voice actors, too, like, all yeah. throughout the game. And the whole thing is, I mean, it's completely voice acted, which is awesome. Well, yeah. I mean, it's a Bioware... Like, The Old Republic was probably as close as I've ever gotten to, like, jumping on that bandwagon going, no, you know what, I'm definitely going to commit to this. I'm going to pay my I'm gonna pay my 50 euro and then 15 euro... If, like, 50 well, actually, euro no, and then you just pay euro. the subscription fee. You don't pay for the game. Oh, excellent. In the, uh, in the Star Wars, like, expanded universe, it takes place in a really, really incredible mm-hmm. and interesting time. Yeah, too. absolutely. I mean, as far as all as, of that expanded universe is now bunk, by the way. Yeah, I know. Which is which makes me like want to, you know, attack Disney. Um, but it's uh, it's past expanded universe. It's not future. Yeah, yes, but they, it's like the like, far. It's the far. It's the distant past. They disregarded it all. Did they? Yeah. yeah. No, I mean, they, they oh. like did, Disney did. did That's they, a they, kick. They formed yeah. a committee and they just said, "Well, this is now our canon committee. Uh, everything that is not on film or on television is now non-canon." Yeah. Oh so, my god! You mean the all that stuff that's been on TV is going to be? Wait, are they counting well, the droid I, movies not, too? Are they no, counting Battle for Endor? This is the thing. I, I, uh, I when I thought about that, I'm not sure. I'm not sure now whether the Clone Wars is canon, because I know that Genedy Tartakovsky's Clone Wars series is decidedly non-canon, and you can't even get a hold of it anymore, because... The, the like, actual animated, not yeah, the, the, anima- not the, the CGI. Yeah, the, like, the, the Samurai Jack style one. Um, you can't get that anymore, because they pulled it from distribution, because they didn't want any um, oh, it's confusion. So it's yeah. so phenomenal. It's, it's amazing. It's, it's absolutely perfect. I mean, I'm not, I'm not endorsing anything, but if you feel like downloading that on the internet because it's not on, I, I would endorse that because there's no other way to get hold of yeah, it. There is no other way. Do like it. there are there Please are just, like that. there yeah, are people there are people who would like pay really really good money for a good Blu-ray collector's edition set of this series, yep. but they're just not releasing it because they don't want confusion with the other series. Yeah, you know, it's interesting. I was reading that uh, Netflix actually determines most of its content by seeing what's pirated most, or determines what it's going to go after by seeing what's pirated most. 
closed. Interesting. Yeah. Makes perfect sense. It does make perfect sense because accessibility is really the thing that keeps people coming back to these paid services. People want to pay. They don't want to pirate. I think, I think ultimately most people want to pay. Yeah, definitely. If it's, uh, you know, streamlined in that package and Mm -hmm. the Netflix system is so easy Mm -hmm. and convenient to use. And free. Yeah. If you try and like, like if you try to explain torrenting to somebody, they're just going to be like, what are you like? Like if, like if, um, like my dad just got into torrenting. Mm -hmm. My dad's into torrenting now. And like, Explain you just to him. him out. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my my dad. Uh, but only legal stitches stuff. Stitches get stitches. Johnny Depp. Johnny Depp. My dad. Uh, You've given your second name away on this podcast. Oh no! <laughs> but it was it was uh, uh, kind of difficult at first to explain it to him, and then you know once he got the hang of it, it was really easy, and he realizes how, how easy of a thing to do it is. But people with that kind of with different technology and different ideas of technology, some people have a harder time adapting to, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. to the new system. I remember when I first sort of torrents, it took me a little while yeah. to figure, like, just Where, to wrap my head around if it. You, if so, you ask somebody, do you want to like figure out how to torrent, or do you want to pay eight bucks a month? The most people are going to be like, and also like not risk a DCMA letter. Yeah, totally. But I mean, let's let's ignore that whatever federal evil organization is. Um... The point is, uh, none of the Star Wars universes, uh, none of the expanded universes count anymore. It's yeah. pretty much just the six films, which is really, which is Clone really. Wars, I don't know if the, I don't know if the Clone Wars that six season thing that's on Netflix. What about the, at the movies moment, though? There were hmm? Clone Wars movies. Uh, there was one Clone Wars movie that acted as like an hour and a half long pilot for the TV series. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, that was before. The that was TV in series. theaters too. Yeah. I yeah no, that. I watched I it, in, it theaters. in theaters. The thing about the, the thing about it is like that series started out very, very rough and very, very unsure of its tone and actually got pretty decent towards, later, towards the later seasons. Oh, uh, let's look at the rating for that show, which is Y7. Oh, God. It is for, like... It was for little kids. It's not... <sighs> yeah, I know, but well, there Star were... Wars was always kind of supposed to be for little kids, yeah, but, it was, but... At a t- it was made at a time when little kids could apparently handle a little bit more. Yeah, have you read, like, you know, a lot of the darker Star Wars comic books and stuff? I'm well, reading Star Wars... I'm though. actually reading Star Wars Legacy at the moment. That it's... one's... Awesome because yeah. it's like Luke Skywalker's ancestor. And it's Luke Skywalker's, um, I think, great grandson or just grandson. I think um, it's great grandson. Yeah, but sure it's, it's, it's a, I think it's like 150 years after. But he's a Return he's a junkie. Hmm? He's a junkie. Yep. He just he keeps shooting up death sticks to like try and numb his connection to the Force because mm-hmm. his connection to the Force is so strong that he like. And he doesn't want to be this role of the descendant of like the most powerful. It's a very, Jedi it's a very, it's you know, an interesting series because like you have like a very different power dynamic to the yeah. usual rebel versus empire, like thing. You have like the Jedi, you have the you have the Empire remnant, and you also have the Sith. All of them against each other. Mm-hmm. I don't do well with stories that don't make sense because statistically, it's pretty impossible that he'd be the only descendant of Luke Skywalker. If they have babies the same way humans do, oh, then no. there's probably like 75 descendants. Of I haven't read the whole series, so there may be. I mean, I I can't remember. It's a, it's like at a point in time when the Empire is more in control and there's uh, not a whole lot of Jedi's around. The Empire's back. Yeah, yeah the, the, oh, right. the Imperial they, Remnant. Like, became, they hung around, right? The Imperial Remnant became Strong the new Empire after the Yuuzhan yeah. Vong War. And I mean, I love I love the Star Wars comic books. Like the very old ones from the 90s are really good. <laughs> Not there. They're oh, not very old, no, I'm but sorry. in the realm of <laughs> Star Wars comics, I, I have a bunch of uh, somewhere. I've got a bunch of like Star Wars comics from. Yeah, the late that 70s. has that has my favorite Jedi of all time in it, Uden Ur. 
I hope I'm saying his name right. Who is? Uh, he's not the rabbit, is he? No, he's like. He's, <laughs> there is a rabbit in those comics. Yeah, no, he's the uh, like battle meditation guy. He when uh, I think it was during the Beast Wars. Uh, he like used battle meditation to you know uh, help the forces. So instead of he'd sit there and meditate in the middle of the battle to like pump everybody up. When you said Beast Wars, I instantly just yeah. pictured a Jedi fighting that dinosaur <laughs> like, Megatron. No, it was a uh, yeah. It was the Beast Wars were <laughs> on um oh the Mandalorian homeworld, I believe. Oh, nice. If I remember correctly. But then and then there's also Dark Horse did Knights of the Old Republic. Mm-hmm. That's really cool. Like um. Robot Chicken has done some very good Star Wars specials. If you like Robot Chicken's humor, you're going to love them anyway. Yeah, but I've, seen like, the, I've seen a few of them. It just, they just made some very good jokes about the Jedi members in the High Council, like Earl Poof. I really wish that uh, the Family Guy Star Wars movies were better than they are. The first one was good, the second two were terrible. Yes, that is a really good... Uh, like they started out, they started out strong, and then just like there was a deep nosedive in quality. I mean, that there. was kind of that was kind of the the mo of Family Guy in general. It's their Family Guy had some stronger episodes in the beginning, but really towards the end, you know. There are people like that there are people who would together. debate that, but I think it's it's pretty much widely accepted that like as far as Star Wars goes, it was a nice novelty, and yeah. then they tried to get another two like hour long specials and yeah. DVD releases out of it, and it just didn't didn't pan out. So, any other Star Wars news? Um, apparently, it's been—it's actually f- properly shooting in Cairo right now for Episode Seven. But we have no idea who's casting it yet. No, we don't. Other, other it than actually, Mark Hamill and judging judging by J.J. Abrams's usual mo, I would not be surprised if everything has already been cast and just there, there's been no announcements or anything, and they're already doing shooting just so they can get a head start on you know spoilers and speculation and everything like that. But. You like it's it's matter. all rumor and hearsay yeah. at this stage. That sounds. And cool. also, also, this is a little bit old, but they're making they're actually making Star Wars Battlefront. They're making a yeah, third one. Star Wars Battlefront. Really? Dice, yeah, Dice is developing it. Yeah, it's go- it's going to be played on the Frostbite engine, the Ooh. same as Battlefield. Yeah, yeah. Which I like. Kinda, I really like the Battlefront games. The problems Battlefield has been having, but I believe that has a little bit more to do with EA than it does. Yes, unfortunately, EA are also going to be distributing this. Yeah, um, which is true. Yeah. So expect a lot of <laughs> paid oh, add-ons. Also, I'm really pumped about this. I gotta say it before I forget because it just popped in my head. But the most, the game I'm most excited for this year is uh, is uh, Lord of the Rings: Middle Earth: Shadow of Mordor. Um, which I don't know if you guys watched the gameplay reveal that no. came out a couple months ago. <laughs> so a couple months ago, this gameplay reveal came out, and it was of a uh, it was of this ranger who was part ranger and part uh, wraith. So he had kind of wraith powers, Ugh. and uh, is this an oh man, RPG? no, it's so cool. It looks so at first. At first, it looks like Assassin's Creed. At first, you're looking at this game, and he's like climbing buildings and stuff, and you're like, "This looks like Assassin's Creed." But the thing that's really interesting about it that sold me on it, like the combat, is kind of Assassin's Creed, Batman, Arkham Asylum, kind of uh, you know mm. uh, melee combat. But so the enemies remember relationships and they have a spanning tree of relationships so as you affect the world the world cha- or as you interact with the world you affect the world you change the world so if you uh, in the demo they showed you running into this orc leader and you uh, he had a big burn scar across his face because earlier in the game this uh, in this playthrough this character had run into him and burned his face and he remembers it and so when he remembers it he's extra aggressive in the boss battle and you can use your powers to influence and change orcs and use them to spy and use them as- to assassinate so you can use 
underlings of orcs to assassinate or their orc, orc chieftains. But uh, they I'm just, I'm just sorry. I got to interrupt. I am a little bit just pissed off by the entire premise of this. I'm well, not, like, I mean, okay. far be it from me to be someone who is like a real stickler for canon, but it just sounds so fucking dumb. Well, it's like, I'm a human and I've been given wraith-like abilities. What does that mean? You're not a ring wraith. Maybe what? he's got a ring of power. Maybe he's got a dwarf ring. Except, well, they except between The Hobbit and the, and the Lord of the Rings. So already there, it's like, we're going into uncharted territory. No, you're not. You're absolutely not. It's also being done by Warner Brothers Games and Monolith Entertainment. Um, so it's not going to look like any sort of Lord of the Rings that we've come to expect. I'm a little bit That's of a... a bit nitpicky. It's a bit nitpicky. I mean, a bit you, also, but like, you, you also haven't seen the trailer yet. No, yeah. well, I haven't, but I've just been looking at images yeah. here. Um, my problem my problem is that, like, the the Lord cover. of the Rings... The Lord of the Rings trilogy and the look of that and all the games that have spun out of that define the look of the Lord of the Rings universe just yeah. so much for me that it is really, really difficult for me to, like, approach an, uh, approach a game that isn't... Done in the same style, in the it same looks, look it as looks Peter Jackson's Lord of the Rings. Oh, exactly that's like that. rough. I know, like, but it's—I like, mean, that's rough because, like, the—I mean, the series existed for decades before that came along. It did, but like the Lord of the Rings trilogy was the first time when it was that visual. It was. Uh, it was made into a movie, yes, but I mean, <laughs> I know, and I get your frustration. He's saying, he's saying like, for him personally. Yeah, this is no, yeah. this is this really is just a personal thing because, like, I saw, I saw okay, the first. That's an important qualification. Yeah, I saw, I saw the Fellowship of the Ring when I was what eleven, and saw it about six times in the movie theater, and then saw the Two Towers seven times, and then the Return of the King six times. So, like, I'm so old. <laughs> You're not old. I'm so Shut old. The fuck up. Um, <laughs> I was like making out with dudes already by then when I was seeing that movie. Oh, Lord, I didn't get my first kiss until like four years later. My Man, so first like really boyfriend gave movie. me uh, <laughs> gave me like sharpie marker decorated discs for uh, the two towers with tree beard and golem on it. it was, I, it was I actually, I actually, uh, the two towers was one of the first DVDs I bought myself. Oh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, like, these movies have made such a big impact on my early teenage years that it's very, very difficult for me to just extra... I think, I think they really, really derived a lot of the art direction from this for this game from those movies. I wouldn't sure, be surprised. It, like make, yeah. it, it, looks, it looks like it, but there's just, like, there are it differences. Looks, they showed... The, so, in the, in the gameplay trailer, they showed one that was, like, more of a sunnier time. And, and the kind of thing about this, too, for just a little bit of backstory, so where this is taking place is it takes place uh, uh, like Jack said in between The Hobbit and the first Lord of the Rings book and I mean that like that it, film franchises that attempt to do that are always working into difficult territory because that's what The Force Unleashed did do you remember the amount of hyperbole okay, that surrounded the, the Force Unleashed yeah, where it's going to be like this is going to be the greatest game of all time and it was like this is a subpar third person action game at best I thought I thought the first For- Force Unleashed was pretty solid the second one wasn't good but the first one was a solid game it wasn't a great game but it was solid wait wait we're treading back into Star yeah, Wars territory anyway, anyway. <laughs> we're backsliding guys so <laughs> when we got derailed in the first place anyway <laughs> this takes place in Mordor, and humans have kind of started to travel into Mordor across the wall to try and... Yeah, because because evil's kind of subsided a little bit. Just a little. Ah, Not too intensely. So that, that, that is the Hobbit. Yeah, no, that's... that's okay, the wrong th- time th- there's definitely happen. a canon problem there. 
there's a big counter problem there because I mean, like you can I mean, easily I say you can I easily have say not at the even beginning. Finish what I'm saying. <laughs> you can easily say at the beginning of the third age that was happening because it was right after Sauron had been like initially defeated by the last uh, the last great alliance of men and elves. But I mean, after the Hobbit, Sauron had already made his comeback as the necromancer. He was marshaling his forces. Mordor was occupied. So as I was saying humans have traveled across the wall and kind of tried to start up uh, setting up colonies and stuff, you know. Jesus Christ. Rangers. And it's working out terrible for them. If you would let me finish my fucking sentence. <laughs> it's working out terrible. They're, co they're just tons of human slaves. You know, stuff oh, like that. So you can kind of see like the... You know, Ubisoft kind of formula where you have the, you know, the big map if you've played Far Cry 3 or any of the Assassin's Creed uh, games where you can yeah. run can I just, into these little missions. Can I just missions. say, I'm watching the, I'm, I'm watching like the first minute and a half of this trailer. It looks exactly like Assassin's Creed just with a Lord of the Rings skin or on Dishonored. it. Or Dishonored. We'll see. Or Dishonored or Batman. The cover looks or, exactly like Dishonored. That's exactly what I said at the beginning. I know you did, <laughs> but like, I am, I'm going to like, where you, whereas you said, like, it's like this. Where, and I hoped there would be some form of originality to this. This looks exactly like an Assassin's well, Creed I mean, copy. I okay, so Adam Sussler had a good piece about this where he talked about it, and he opened up and he said the literally same thing I did where he was like, it looks like the second I started watching it, I was like, this is Assassin's Creed. And then when they explained the enemy system and how you interact with enemies in the world and kind of that changes gameplay and opens up, like, you're going to be able to play this game, like, a thousand times and get different results because how you interact with the enemy is so different every time. Mm. And it, be it creates a very personal relationship with the enemy instead of, like, enter boss room and fight boss. It's much more like, you know, you've you, in each time you fail a boss attempt and die, the boss will be stronger. So they grow from... Uh, you know, you losing and stuff. That's which is really CGI, cool. Actually, it's pretty. Yeah, but like, like October sixth. I am. I like <laughs> is any what came time, out this week is October sixth is when it's going to come out. Anytime <laughs> I hear anyone announce that, like. There is revolutionary interaction with other people. This game will be replayable forever. It's like, it's, so was fucking Fable. And there was literally like, you either do this or you do this. And there's barely any yeah, difference. Yeah, but you, you also got to realize. really undermined all of the things that happened in that game. Yep. Peter, Peter Molyneux likes to talk. He likes to talk big. He, yes, he which is why I don't... impression. Which is why I don't believe anyone who talks big at all anymore, whether they're Peter Molyneux or not. I, I know to take everything yeah. Molyneux says with a pinch of salt, yeah. but I now do it for the entire gaming industry. I do not believe in revolutionary AAA gaming well, anymore. It's not going to, to happen. You need to hear it coming from a develop... Like, the, the game developers themselves, and not from, like, some, you know, ad admin corporate shill at the top of the chain. Yeah, definitely. Because they have no... I mean, they're all about the buzzwords and all about the marketing. It's the people who are actually doing the game design that know what they're talking about. Yeah. I know, and that's fair enough, but like, I just, I, I've said it before, the AAA gaming market is fairly stagnant, and that's why this, it's an established property that is being given, that is being skinned onto an already established formula. So, we can talk about what that rustling was as soon as I'm done with my rant. <laughs> sure. It's an established property that's being skinned onto an established formula. 
Like what? And some new features being thrown in. I what mean, is exactly new about that? I think I think I'm the, nothing I think to be excited the, about. The new Not features new. and the way you interact with the enemies are. I mean, it's personally more than enough. Like I said, this is the game I'm pumped for this year because I'm really bored of Assassin's Creed games, but I love Assassin's Creed. I'm gonna play the fourth one in the next week. Um, because uh, if, if anything is, if uh, any. Word is to go by. You will actually much prefer that to the last two Assassin's Creed. Yeah, because the the every everybody's been telling me in all the reviews, everything says the fourth one's great. So I know I'm going to enjoy that. But this is you know I'm a big Lord of the Rings fan. I'm a big action games fan. I love parkour games. So it's just giving me what I want. They're just giving me exactly what I want. And you and America, buddy. Yeah, me and America. Well, I and am I think that there are plenty of people who will play it just because it's Lord of the Rings game. Yeah. And I know that that's probably I like don't a big begrudge break, them a that point for you. You don't. No, I don't begrudge them that at all. Because I just have a lot of I have a lot of personal investment in the Lord of the Rings trilogy. It's just it was a very defining part of my early teenage years. So. I mean, I'm not gonna get. I'm probably not gonna get the chance to play it anyway. So my mom read those books to me when I was a little kid. I read them to myself when I was a little kid. Well, my mom read them to me and did voices. I, I did get the <laughs> Hobbit read to me as a little That's kid. Cute. So let's change gears for. If it, yeah, may, can may I, I talk may. about what I'm playing? Oh yeah, I haven't we got the chance to talk about what segment. I'm playing. <laughs> we can do what you want to do just in a sec. Um, uh, <laughs> this week, this week I've thrown myself back I'm onto just my. A guest. <laughs> this week I've thrown myself back onto my Vita in a big way. Uh, I've just got just. A few hours ago, got past a very challenging part in Persona 4, uh, which I got past... Persona 4 Golden. Persona 4 Golden, yeah. yes. Um, which I got past by uh, literally just grinding and also exploiting some aspects of the game that I was not fully 100% aware of before that. Um, but it was a very, very good learning experience, and now I'm 17 hours into Persona, and uh, I still have two party members to recruit and yeah, yeah it's, a, spent, it's a really long game it's like 75 be, hours it's about 75 to 100 hours yeah. I beat it at 45 but I got the bad ending oh I like fucked up at the end and everybody's like why don't you just reload your last save and it's because I'm an idiot who doesn't do two saves <laughs> I, dude, dude I have six saves I'm, I'm one for of those, that very reason I'm one of those idiots who like will be like oh I'll get confused I can only have one save they have time codes on them uh, yeah, and especially especially a game like this where it literally says if you let one of your party members die before saving them you will lose the game yeah. <laughs> um, but anyway I'm past that and just today um, I picked up the uh, Final Fantasy 10 and 10 2 HD remaster you're loving those aren't you for the Vita I've played probably maybe about 45 minutes to an hour of it so far and I can safely say that this is the best HD remaster I've ever played, and the gold standard by which all HD remasters should do so far. All the character, mo- all the main character models have been changed. It can be a little bit jarring when there's some non-main characters on screen that look exactly <laughs> the same as you remember them from the PS2. Yeah. But I don't care because Titus doesn't have his little pokey, stupid face anymore. He's got a proper face. Um, it looks beautiful. The cinema, like the cinematic opening, was perfect. Um, the menu system is slightly redesigned, which gives you now this new little quick recovery thing that makes use of the Vita's touchscreen. Um, everything just looks a lot crisper and cleaner and just really, really good in HD. And I am so thrilled with this. There hasn't been any frame rate drops. There hasn't been any like loading issues, which is like the opposite of, of the. It's the opposite of the Jack HD collection in every single way. Um, you should mention the X2 thing. Uh, oh yes, and if you're getting it on Vita, X2 is a Ten2 is a, um, a digital download. So you may need to make some space on your no doubt already crammed Vita memory card. 
<laughs> Unless you're like me and you dropped a hundred dollars on a sixty gig. Vita. What? What are you laughing at? Oh, I doubt anyone has a crammed Vita memory card. And by that I mean I doubt anyone ever has a crammed Vita memory card. Uh, you say that, um, but I have like a... I think maybe a 4 or 8 gigabyte one, and I'm already like out of space. I've got to keep cha- chopping and changing my games. I just... It's like you guys are the only two people that I have ever met with PS Vitas. Only two. <sighs> so you, that's why... That's do why you know why? Have you ever heard of the term ahead of the curve? Yeah, oh, yeah. With a device Air that came out like four years yeah. ago. Okay. It came out like two years ago. Um, <laughs> Same thing. But anyway, I'm loving it, and I cannot wait to. <laughs> I absolutely just can't wait to play like a hundred hours of this game again. Jake's playing with his toys and being a very disruptive guest right yeah. now. Wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> You're a guest in my basement. I am a guest in your basement. Um, but yeah, that's what I've been playing this week, and I uh, can't wait to soldier ahead with Persona 4 and Final Fantasy X. Have you been playing anything this week, Jake? Oh yeah, Elder Scrolls Online. That's I mentioned it a little that's bit. The only thing you've been... That's what do you mean? That's the only. That's is that the plenty. only thing you've been playing? It's plenty, isn't okay. it? It's, it's plenty. I oh, I've also been playing play Starbound too. Okay, there you go. Sorry. Thank okay, you. I'll talk about Starbound, which yeah. I love because they're finally like moving past the beta phase, developing the game a little more. It's like cooler looking Minecraft. It's well, it, it's, it's like Minecraft. It's, it's like Minecraft yeah. in the sense that it's a it's a resource gathering game, and it's got more of a plot associated with it. Mm-hmm. Um, like you're you're really trying to at least at least in the initial phases, you're trying to you're you're basically shipwrecked. Um, you've got a spaceship in orbit, and you can beam down to the planet, and you've got you know a resource collector, but that's all you have. So from there, you have to protect yourself, make shelter, defeat enemies, make food. Um, my first uh, attempt at playing, I was terrible, but I learned a lot. Um, this is probably my third character now, and I'm actually like making some serious progress. Um, I would say, if I had to put it in like the most hackneyed marketing terms I could possibly put it in, <laughs> it is what you'll get if you crossed Minecraft with FTL. Or Terraria, too, because that's another uh, a lot like, of 2D, Terraria in there 2D well. resource collecting game. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I've, I've played a little bit of it as well, and it's very fun, um, but I didn't necessarily uh, catch on to it as much as uh, Jake seems to have. Well, you know, once you hit once you hit the rhythm, it's, yeah. it's really easy to play and enjoy. Once, okay. you, can, I had a once you can defend yourself, <laughs> I, had, I, had, exactly. I had a friend who was into the beta, and he was showing it to me a couple months ago, mm-hmm. and it was something that really, really interested me. And this is somebody who like hates Minecraft. I hate Minecraft. Oh yeah, I don't really. Well, I like Minecraft. I like the concept of Minecraft because um, because it's really just a sandbox game that people have made into so many different things. My friend, a good friend of mine. Um, he likes to play with the like political communities in Minecraft, where they have like cities that are um, like rigidly following particular political codes. So like you've got the communist city, you've got the anarchist city, you've got the capitalist city. <laughs> um, I mean, it's just a really it's. I mean, I'll be really interested to see some of the first like sociology articles that come out on Minecraft and like the societies of Minecraft. Well, all I know, all I know, my friends do is my friends like find the girl on the server <laughs> and then just like steal stuff from her house. Well, they box her, don't they? And what they, are they yeah. fucking elementary school kids? Like, uh, if I hit her, she'll like me. <laughs> That's terrible. One thing that I heard people do is they will box your character and leave you trapped. Yeah. And, like, you just can't do anything until someone decides to unbox you. Um, it's a terrible thing to do. Uh, what was I going to say? Uh, I just want to run to a little bit of quick casting news, because there's been a couple mm-hmm. of casting things this week. Uh, Toby Cable has been cast as the new Doctor Doom. Eh? Yeah. Who? Yeah, you've heard of him. He's British. Um, and then uh, Gotham 
the Fox's Gotham series has cast uh, a Michael Smith as Corey Michael Smith, sorry, as the Riddler, described as a quote brilliant and socially awkward forensic scientist who's eccentric and outgoing and desperate to be liked. Can we talk about how sad it is that DC feels like they're gonna have to compete with uh, Agents, Agents of Shield, Shield. <laughs> and like it's right? just not gonna work. I mean, like they, yes, they've had shows for a while, but they've been abysmal. I'm sorry, Smallville and uh, Archer, Arrow, uh, Archer, whatever. It is no, Arrow. Archer's great. Arrow is. I mean, they're terrible shows. Arrow is apparently, like, doing very, very well for itself. That's because it's a teen drama on CW. Yeah, right. That's why Smallville did well for itself. (laughs) And because it's, I mean, because it's tapping the whole, like, classic archetypal superhero characters thing. Which, I mean, people go gaga for, but if you're a discerning watcher, you will not enjoy this at all. I mean, this, this, the Gotham series kind of seems like a little bit of a TV no-brainer because it's an, it's, it's on Fox for a start. It's not on any Warner Brothers property, but it's also, it's going to be... It's a crime drama oh, set God. in the Batman universe. Oh, it's no. got young Jim Gordon, played by that dude from oh, the OC. Who needs young anymore? Um, I don't want to see, like, the early days of Gotham. Young oh, Jim Gordon. Yeah, my, so, everybody's so favorite Batman like, is old Batman. It's true. It's true. So are they basically saying that, like, this is the Riddler before he became the Riddler? Yeah, in the same way that there's also the Penguin before he was probably the Penguin, and Catwoman before she was probably Catwoman. I am, I am beating my forehead with my palm right now, guys. However, it does have Sean Pertwee as Alfred. Son of the third doctor and a world holder of world's greatest voice. That doesn't that does that doesn't make any difference to me. I like know. literally makes zero difference to me. It is it is I didn't actually realise there that it, it's a good point that they are feeling that they're gonna have to compete with Agents of Shield, despite in no way being integrated with the I was gonna say the they're, not gonna, they're not gonna be able to it tie it into their movies. Nope. Because um, that's just not how de- not, it's not how Warner Brothers operate, and that will ultimately be the thing that makes Marvel much more successful in its movies is and and its television shows is that like it has a plan and is executing that plan not flawlessly but it's executing it. Speaking of that plan, they have uh, movies uh, lined up and planned to go until uh, 2028. Apparently. I'm sure that your that that number will go back. Um, further, he probably they will. will keep putting out I movies. mean, like they got the budget for at it at this stage. Yeah, at this stage, like that far ahead is totally hypothesizing but like just this year we've got Guardians of the Galaxy yep. next year we have Age of Ultron and Ant-Man Captain America 2 which we haven't seen yet yeah Captain America 2 is out at the moment we'll be seeing it this week hopefully yes um, so yeah next year Age of Ultron and Ant-Man then the year after that who knows Doctor War Strange um, I would an love inhuman to see a Doctor Strange movie I'd love to see the cast Doctor Strange yeah an Inhuman movie Thor 3 Captain America 3 New Hulk movie Iron Man 4 Planet Hulk who knows? I hope they do Iron Man 4. Uh, I think Robert Downey Jr. is done with solo Iron Man movies for a bit. That would be too bad. He's so, like, the man was born for the role. But, 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 I'm sorry. Can we, do you mind if we... Yeah, no, we'll move on to comics now. Since we're, since we're talking about yeah, comic we, characters yes, and indeed, the actors indeed. that play them. Henry, would you like to guess what's in your special gift package? No, yeah, I Jake's really got don't. A, Jake's no, got I, I think you really uh, should guess. I guess before the podcast, I shouldn't have told the story about me guessing my brother's Christmas present and getting it right. Because now they, yep. I don't want to guess it. I don't want to be put on the spot. You should guess. We're it. putting you on the spot, and you're going to guess it. I mean, hey, hey, be gentle. Be my nice guess, my guess was All Star Superman. Well, I guess you'll just have to see. What <laughs> He's passing the package. Crinkle, crinkle. Hope no was listening to that on loud. He's wrong! I'm really wrong. It's Understanding Comics, The Invisible Art by Scott McCloud. There you go. Nailed it. Which uh, Jake was actually talking to me about earlier in the week. (laughs) This is a graphic novel by one of the greats, Scott McCloud. It's a graphic novel about how comic book art works, basically. Yeah. Um, It is 
a fun read, it's an educational read, it's got art history, it's got art technique. Um, he's written uh, three of these now, Understanding Comics, Making Comics, and... Oh, crap, I can't remember the third one. Reinventing Comics. Oh, yes. Yeah, That's what it is. Um, it, he looks, also, it looks pretty much like a lecture in comic book form. It is, it is really. Yeah. I mean, like he he draws himself in as the narrator of the of the of the of the book, and he takes you through you know color, panel progression, um, you know representative and iconic art versus like, well no, I guess representative and iconic are the two big things. Yeah, pretty much. Um, he is also he also wrote like this seminal comic book series in the '80s called Zot. If anyone has uh, ever read it, they'll know why I think it's amazing. Um, if you haven't, uh, it's collected in a few different volumes that are available now. But I kind of wanted to read the black and white edition of it. Well, th- it's actually it's interesting. The first I think it's the first ten issues or so were released in color, but everything after okay. that's black and white. I actually okay. have a, a bound copy of the first ten issues in color, and then the rest of the series in black and white. Okay, that's so if what you I want was... to borrow it, I am happy to lend that. I was it's, looking it's, at that the other day. It's an amazing yeah. series. Like it's a really like provocative, heart wrenching series about like growing up as a teenager in the world. The thing about Zot is, as well, that you got to remember the time that it comes from. It's, like, it's heart-wrenching, yes, but it's got a fairly light tone to it. It, it, <clears throat> I've, I've, it balances. I mean, it, it, it <laughs> it's, it's interesting. The, the juxtaposition in, that they really lay out in the series, that he really lays out in the series is fantasy and reality. You know, what does it mean to let yourself be lost in a fantasy world when, you know, reality is just not a world you want to deal with? And so... There are a lot of light-hearted, you know, elements to it when when Jenny is in the fantasy world or she's in Zot's world. But when she's in her own world, she's dealing with she's dealing with real things. Her parents are split. She's got an asshole of a brother. You know, her friends are going through a lot of problems, like real problems that that kids go through. And that's what Scott McCloud was really trying to write to. He was trying to speak to the experiences of the people who were reading his comic books because uh, it was you yeah. know it was the late '80s and it was a suck time to be a teen. Well, like, and that is that is a very interesting like uh, dichotomy to how comic books in the eighties tended to be, with like Frank Miller setting the tone with the Dark mm-hmm. Knight Returns mm-hmm. and everything, and Watchmen as well, and everything being mm-hmm. pretty fucking dark. Well, and I think that in a lot of ways, Scott McCloud was responding to that by saying yeah, comic yeah. books can still tell can still tell intense stories can still tell deep deep and meaningful and powerful stories without like beating you over the head with blood and gore yeah yeah um and i I think that's one of his his real talents is being able to like carve out that nuance and say like this is yeah this is a fun story but it's also telling it's also trying to tell you something about the world yeah and that is a fantastic book because it 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 will teach you just how comic books actually operate like Mm -hmm. i i did i did my undergrad and master's thesis on the subject of comic books and propaganda and I was recommended by um, the head of my school that uh, who was who was a historian on science fiction, mm-hmm. by the way, um, not my supervisor though, funnily enough, uh, who uh, told me that I should read it because uh, if I wanted to make a good thesis truly great, I needed to uh, be able to appreciate what stuff represented at its basis level. And the bu- the I read that book, and the thing that really turned me around was his just explanation of how what humans will perceive as a face. Mm. Humans mm-hmm. will see two dots and a ha- and a semicircle mm-hmm. on a page, and will instantly read a face out of that. This is and a, like yeah. for some reason that kind of just blew my fucking mind because like <laughs> that's so true. Why haven't I thought of that? It's too. It's two small circles, and yeah, yeah, it is the basis of shapes. But humans will perceive an actual face out of that. Well, that's yeah, that's when he's talking about iconic versus uh, representational art. You know what it means to 
have a figure that is like more cartoony, you know, something that you can sort of project yourself onto versus a character that's more realistically defined, who's their own sort of, they have their own sort of personality. We're making this sound very, very complicated, but the book is actually incredibly accessible. It's and very, very accessible. fun to read. It, those were, yeah, took the words right out of my mouth. I also, in my uh, in my graduate thesis, referenced Scott McCloud a lot. I was writing about comic books and the process of identity formation. Um, and, I mean, Scott McCloud is a very, very, very valuable resource if you're ever talking about comic books. But if you're a fan of reading comic books, then you will, I mean, you'll probably love this book. It's, yep. it's a lot of fun. It's very informative. You'll come away feeling like you learned a lot. Yep. Um, speaking of Thank fun you. to... Thank you very much. <laughs> you're welcome. <laughs> speaking of... Uh, fun to read. She-Hulk 3 was this week. Oh man, this new She-Hulk series. The thing I've always loved about She-Hulk is uh, it's always fun. Yeah. The last two, I think two or three series of She-Hulk, because I think this is volume four, because I think this is volume four. Um, Probably. Were, uh, were, were very meta. She-Hulk was always uh, self-aware. She was aware of the fact that she was a comic book character in a comic book and would talk to the readers, would talk to the editors, would talk to the writers. A lot of fourth wall breaking. And it was, it's, I mean, it's really one of the few Marvel books that does that. I, I guess Deadpool does that from time Deadpool, to time. Deadpool, no, Deadpool has always had it. It's but, always been a thing. Big, that's like But for She-Hulk, I mean, but Deadpool is a lot of other things as well. For she, She-Hulk comics, that's always been a shtick. Now, with this new one, it's not as present a shtick, although they it, do... It, it's not even there. They do pay homage to it in uh, some of the opening pages. Yeah. Um, but, like, as far as, it is, as, as far as it's a character trope, it's not there. But it's still telling a great story with great art. It's referencing characters you haven't seen in a really long time, like Hellcat, <laughs> who, is, who is essentially the Catwoman of the Marvel Universe, who you've never heard of because her name is Hellcat, mm-hmm. and she's the Catwoman of the Marvel Universe. Pat, oh, good old Patsy Walker. Yeah. But, yeah, like, <laughs> this, issue, this issue was just really, like... It's it's been a fun series so far with some really, really killer art. Yeah. Um, very angular, but funny. It, it really suits the tone of the series. It reminds me a lot of uh, Mike Allred. Yes. Yes. It's, a lot. It, it's not It's him. like, it it's, is uh, uh, Javier Polito, I think it is. Thank you. Um, but it would be, uh, it, it's like... Neo-Kerbian. Almost. What I would say, it's like, it's like Mike Allred. Um, Who is a Neo-Kerbian? But it's Mike Allred if he just operated entirely in straight lines as opposed to curves, which is what he operates okay. entirely in. <laughs> Almost. I think that's a good observation um, about it. And it's basically Dr. Doom's son, Christoph, wants asylum in the United States. <laughs> oh, poor Christoph. <laughs> uh, and there's an absolutely amazing bit where <laughs> they're, in, they're in his limo driving around and he's trying to get to a courthouse on oh, time. No. <laughs> he's trying to get a courthouse on time. He's like, and She-Hulk is like, wait, why are we going to JFK? And like his driver's head just snaps around and just going, no one escapes doom. He's <laughs> like, oh, it, it just turns out Hector is a doom bot. <laughs> like, I shouldn't be surprised. All of my childhood friends turned out to be doom bots. Pets. My first girlfriend was a Doombot. Doombots, Doombots, Doombots. It's really funny. It, uh, uh, it, it's like, if you want a good, good, fun book... Laugh out loud. Yeah, uh, that you don't need to know anything about the characters. Like, this is, this is as Jake says, absolutely laugh out loud funny. Um, and that, that's why it's my pick of the week. I would have said Moon Knight 2, because there's some very good stuff in that. But, like, She-Hulk... Is I am, I've been surprised at how good the series is, and, and you know, and the it. thing is too, it's it's a She-Hulk comic that doesn't um, like break the Marvel universe with everything it does. The last She-Hulk series, um, you know, are you talking about Defenders? No, oh, no, I'm that was about Red the, last, She-Hulk. the last She-Hulk series where like you know she slept with Juggernaut and all this Ugh. like weird stuff happened. Or no, thought- she didn't. Sorry, she did that in X-Men, but then it was 
fixed in She-Hulk. Quote unquote fixed in She-Hulk. Like her I mean, she got her tubes tied? Huh? Like she got her tubes tied? No, it was this whole thing where there was like another universe with other superheroes or like the. So it was she's all way too everybody. Exactly. Well, uh, exactly. Long and short of it was that She-Hulk never actually slept with the Juggernaut, which is Thank fantastic. God. But, um,. The thing I like about this one is that it really it, it's it's very much a part of the Marvel universe without trying to break it, but it's still its own thing. You know, you've got Patsy Walker who's around, but not around in any other book, so it's no threat. You've got Kristoff. I mean, Charles Charles Soule here. Has, Charles Soule has been given a character that like doesn't need to be put front and center, and can just he can do what he wants with her. Yeah, and that it's the same it's the same thing that Matt Fraction is doing with Hawkeye, even though Hawkeye is a very recognizable member of the Avengers team. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Hawkeye, Hawkeye, yeah, um, oh, loving that series. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that, that's uh, that was my pick of the week. Pick of the week, clearly Jake's too. Yes, I got one. Yeah, you got one. So uh, I mean, are we gonna talk about Crossed again? No, Shh. no. So so uh, the well, this is more of just a mention because I haven't gotten around to reading it yet. My, <laughs> friend, my friend Greg mentioned it to me, and my friend Malix was talking to me about it. Is the twentieth anniversary of Hellboy came out last Ooh. week? Um, which was more of like a special edition. It had like one little original piece in it, but it was more just a, a rehash of some old stuff, I believe. Okay. Yeah. But anyway, my pick of the week is so uh, last week Metamorphosis three happened, and Eddie Bravo fought Hoyler Gracie, which was an eleven year oh, jujitsu rematch in the making. No, but legitimately, if you've never watched, <laughs> no, but seriously though, if you've never watched each other. sport jujitsu, no, not beating, it's jujitsu, sport jujitsu. If you've never watched it, look up Eddie Bravo versus Hoyler Gracie 2, and Hoyler is spelled R-O-Y-L-E-R. It's one of the greatest jiu-jitsu matches I've ever seen. It was 20 minutes back and forth. Eddie had him in an electric chair. He caught him in a vaporizer at the end, and a vaporizer is a calf slicer. So it's using a uh, like the shin bone to cut into the back of your calf mm-hmm. and using pressure to pull down on the muscle. Um, you can use calf slicers and there's bicep slicers and things like that. But so my pick. Sounds of the like you're talking about a Saw movie. Um, I mean, it I'm might not, as well be. Talking I, about that. Then I am a walking Saw movie. <laughs> but uh, anyway, that was that was a mild joke. But also, <laughs> I started reading uh, the Manhattan Project, which I won't go uh, too into. Because <clears throat> projects, projects, sorry, sorry, the, sorry, projects. The, the, that the is S, correct. The S is like it's very important. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be that pedantic, but the S is that important is that for the important. series. Yeah, yeah. That, but but, it's, but uh, you would be that pedantic. Let's, yeah, I let's, would be. Let's, 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 not, let's not call lie. a spade a spade. I'm, I'm a very pedantic person. But Jake hasn't read it yet, so I'm not read the first go. couple issues. Okay, well, it's uh, you know, it's kind of a alternate future retelling of uh, alternate past, alternate history, past, alternate history. Thank you so much. Um, my uh, as a disclaimer, I have really bad allergies right now, so I'm having... It's okay. A, we're sorry. We're constantly I'm, correcting yeah, you. Yeah, I'm having a really hard time. I mean, is that Jack, any sorry, different I'm than any sorry. other time? Uh, anywho, it's amazing. If you feel like... We were boning over uh, Jonathan Hickman last week. Um, we were touching tips on him, you know? Wait, wait, sorry, wait. I missed that conversation. <laughs> Jonathan, but, uh, call us! Yeah, but uh, so Jack lent me this the first trade, and I'm almost done with it. It is incredible. It's Jake's trade. Uh, it was Jake's trade that I bought as a gift for them. And yeah. so, I and so he felt very comfortable lending it out to other people. Hey, you mean the person you not, just bought sorry, a present? Sorry, you're not you're not other people. Henry, yeah, but but in general, <laughs> but in general, just just making sure. You gonna lend out zombie too? No. Okay, just checking. 
because you are in a different town. <laughs> yeah, I landed at the same time. <laughs> Zombie too. Wow. <laughs> Looks like we know how Jack tries to get into someone's heart. Well, I'm just saying, if you had uh, read those the year ago that I posted them to posted them to you, then uh, what if you had ever read Promethea? Ever? I am reading Promethea at the moment. Are <laughs> yeah, you reading the Manhattan Projects at the moment, Jacob? No, because someone lent out my copy of the Manhattan. <laughs> <laughs> I I seem to recall that we actually do have them in digital collections. Not the first volume. Oh, I, I do. Oh, you mean the digital the digital collections that I've been buying for you? Yeah. Oh, because I expect you to read them. At boys, as a little thing too, I only spilt a little bit of shack soda on them. Just a little <laughs> bit. Like, not a whole can Josh, of shack what do you care? Soda. They're not even yours. Yeah, but that's why he's so freaked out. <laughs> Oh, I didn't spill any oh, shack soda on them. Does this mean that I can go crazy because you lent out something of mine that got ruined? It's uh, not he's ruined. Actually it was a lying. joke. He's lying. It was a joke. He says it, but he's trying, he's trying to put... He's, he's trying to like, he's going to look up how to like, remove shack soda stains from paper The only pulp. time I drink shack soda is during this podcast. For God's sake, are you angling for that sponsorship deal or what? It's really good that uh, we only do this once a week then, because I would worry about your kidneys. Well, I'm going to start podcasting four or five times a week, so just for the shack soda. Ugh. But you won't, because you out there in Radioland will hear, or hear from us next week. We've taken up far too much of your time with our yeah. inane ramblings. With our shenanigans. <laughs> this is a very shenanigan-heavy week. I'm good Let's with shenanigans. See, we had comic books. We had video games. Did we have We had Star Wars. Porn. Uh, what's the last thing we talk about sometimes? Um, well, I can talk about balloon fetishes. No, no, <laughs> no, no. We're done. We're done. I'm signing off. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on SoundCloud. We'll be up on iTunes at some point in the future. I'm stopped, make, I'm stopped to making promises about that. Read Marvel Comics. Only Marvel Comics. Don't read any other comics. Just Marvel Comics. Read hey, Image Comics, too, because they're also pretty damn good. They're all right. I'm, read Marvel I'm, Comics. I'm Henry Clark, and you can get me at me at, uh, at Pizza Hank on Twitter. I'm and, Jack Whelan. Uh, you can follow me at Dr. Tenacity. I am just trying to stop him talking about balloons. <laughs> and uh, I'm Jake Kruger. You can find me at Mercury. In.com. Come and stay here and talk to their favorite employee about balloon finishes. <laughs> Fuck you! Clark. We are not signing <laughs> off on that. It's all about the anticipation of the pop. Ah! No, no, we're we're done. Goodbye. See you next week. <laughs> Cut. <laughs>